0: Michael, nice work. Appreciate that. But let me let me highlight something else. Uh, you and your, your lovely wife, Kathy, have been a wonderful example to all of us on how to care for the young as you loaded up that 15-passenger van and drove it over the Rockies to attend many, many meetings just like this. We appreciate that. Our love for you and the work that you've done. I've been asked to... Uh, share with you a little bit of the information about next Saturday. Let me first say if my love for this congregation and the the fellowship that we enjoy here is really, really special. And uh, one of the elders called and asked if we over at Smart Road would give the congregation a break on Saturday and and take over. And we could do whatever we wanted to do out there. Well, you know, Smart Road, we're kind of a renegade bunch. Um, (laughs) And what we opted to do was we'll have an event uh, all day, well, it starts at 11. Come out and be with us at 11 o'clock. Uh, this coming Saturday, we'll have out t- outside activities, and we'll have inside activities, for those of you that don't want to sweat and carry on. Um, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll eat at about 1.30. We've got a shelter house out there on the property, and we'll have some food there. Probably walk about tacos, is what I've heard. We're trying to be like Vandalia. Um, and uh, and then about 4 we'll have a watermelon feed and we'll have some congregational singing at that point and probably dismiss 5 or 5.30, something like that. So we're not going to take up your whole day, sleep in in the morning, come be with us about 11. We'll turn you loose about 5 or so. Are, are, we, are we still on Vandalia time? I'm confused.
1: <laughs>
0: I love you, brother. My topic that I was given was rise up, here I am. I'd like to modify that just slightly. Rise up, here I am, here I am. Now what? Where do we go from here? When I was a boy, pre-teen years, I had this thing that I liked to do when something electronic died in the house, I'd take it to the basement and punish it. (laughs) It soon became an electronic dungeon. My little ears would perk up. Oh, it's not working! Glad to hear that. So I'd grab it by the power cord, dra- drag it downstairs, and we'd have a conversation. Eventually, Dad built for me a Dad built for me a little work area down there, trying to keep organization to the mess, and with some hope that maybe something would come back upstairs in the, in a functional condition. One of the things that he did was uh, my dad was always about us kids. He did a great job, I think. Not on me, but everybody else turned out all right. (laughs) Popular Electronics was my favorite magazine. It was published from October of 1954 to December of 1999. And through those formative years the space program and all of that stuff, Popular Electronics always had kind of the latest thing that you could do at home, you know. It It was an early radio shack, if you will, where you could go and get some little... Gadgets and this and that, put them together. In the uh, in an early '60s uh, edition of that magazine, they had something in there that you could build that was called a full wave bridge rectifier. Anybody? Full wave bridge rectifier. That was really cool in its time. And I thought, well, yeah, I, I need one of those.
1: <laughs>
0: so somehow I, I scraped up the parts to make my little project, and they wanted something in there called a breadboard. Well, out in Kingsville, we didn't have many breadboards, except the one in the kitchen. And Mother said no. So what I did was, I got me a, a block of wood about this big, and mounted a transformer on one end, drove some nails in there in a, in a matrix pattern so I could interconnect. Boy, these engineers are just loving this. <laughs> what do you think? Is that going to work? It was really dry, so there wasn't any... Yeah. Anyway, I had all these nails on this board and I could take all my components and, 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 and interwire them. And I had an input and output and I used that. It worked. I used that thing to power many of the projects that I built from there on. That was one of my favorite things. In fact, one of the first things that I finished up after building my full-way bridge rectifier was, was a. Uh, it's a real thing, Gary. <laughs> Explain it to him later, will you, Lois?
1: <laughs>
0: One of my first projects was a digital clock. I mean, that was mid-60s. That wasn't bad. That was kind of cool. I enjoyed it. Um, fast forward to 1976 when I graduated college. Rick, I'm going to watch you. And when sh- when you shell that jacket, I know I'm about done. It's not as warm up here as it is out there. so You... You'd be <laughs> Fast
1: forward to
0: 1976. 1976, I graduated college, college with my electronics degree. And I learned a lot. It was pretty cool. I, it, it was a vocation for me. I really enjoyed it. And my professor came up to me. He says, hey, I've got a buddy over here that owns a business, electronics business. I'd like for you to go over and talk to him. Okay. I'd like to do that. Well, I got really involved with this. This sounded like an interview to me. This sounded like something I needed to kind of get polished up for. So the white, the white socks and the platform shoes had to go.
1: <laughs>
0: I went and got a, a decent suit and went over there. and pull, I finally found it, you know. We didn't get out from Kingsville much. So I finally found the building and I, I walk in and the secretary says, Mr. Jones, we'll see you in a little bit. So I sit out there and festered for a little while and, Finally, the guy invites me into his office. Very nice office. Really, really a neat environment. You know, just electronic gadgetry everywhere. You know, I was drooling.
1: <laughs>
0: and, he, and he invites me in. He sits me down. He says, Mr. Tickmire, glad to have you here. He says, I've got something I'd like for you to do for me. And I said, really, what? Now, I had spent all my time getting me ready, right? Hair was right. And I brushed my teeth, even flossed that morning. You know, <laughs> i had done everything. I, I was focused on me. I'm I'm ready. And he takes a piece of paper and he slides it up in front of me and he says, I'd like for you to draw, guess what, Gary? A full wave bridge rectifier. I want you to draw one for me. I want you to polarize it. I want you to show me input and output voltages and I want you to filter it. That's exactly what I did. Have you ever had one of those brain freezes? Something that you've known for years and years and years. But your folks focused on the wrong area. My, I, couldn't, I couldn't swing around. He's going to ask me technical questions? He, he has needs as an employer? He wants me to actually do something? <laughs> I, I'm here because I need a car. <laughs> I'm hoping to buy a house. I got needs and I'm all pressed up just for you, and you're going to ask me questions? What's he thinking? Well, it would be nice to
1: get somebody that knows what they're doing.
0: (laughs) He had needs, didn't he? He had some things he wanted from me. I was so focused on me. I was so focused on prep. I was so focused on all of that. I couldn't begin. The paper was blank. Really, I, I had no clue. It was the weirdest feeling I've ever had in my life that I was so focused on me, on my preparation, on finding the building, I couldn't answer his questions. He says, your professor is going to be pretty disappointed with you. and I, I'm pretty disappointed in me. Where do we go from here? She says, well, I'll show you the door. My next interview, my next interview after that, I had a new plan. I walked into the office. It was a one-hour written technical test, and I, I aced it. What's the difference? I, I, I still don't understand it. Somehow or another, my brain was not ready for that conversation. Something that I'd known from a kid, from a childhood. I'd I played with that stuff all the time. I loved it. One-hour written technical review uh, uh, interview questions, and then he had a, a one-hour verbal interview. Uh Five years later, I was still with that company and actually changed sides. No longer was I being interviewed, I was doing the interviews. Boy, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about people in that situation. People tend to be self-focused. People tend to have skills, have abilities, but they limit them. They, they tend to have their list of what they're willing to do. The people I was looking for when I was doing the interviewing was not necessarily the technical ability. I could teach that. If they had a little inclination, if they had a little desire, but if the personality was good, the drive was there, the willingness to maybe help out a little bit in other areas that maybe they didn't know anything about. When I ran a a technical uh, computer service business, I had guys that had expertise in all these different areas, but my favorite guys... Well, the guys might not have the expertise. In our particular business, there was the computer-controlled side and and then a photo side uh, that was full of lenses and all kinds of stuff. And and if one of these machines broke and my high-end guy wasn't available, I'd call the customer. Hey, I've got a guy that knows this part of the machine. Now, he's not an expert on the whole thing. And he'd go out and fix it. I love those kind of people, outside the box, willing to go a little bit extra. And those are the kind of people that I tended to look for. As a manager, I wanted people that didn't want a job, right? We know what a job is. It's something that you drag yourself to. A job is something that you clock in, you do, and you clock out, and you could care less. A job is something that just provides a paycheck. I was looking for somebody that wanted a vocation that was nuts like me. (laughs) Enjoyed the technology. It was fun. I grew up in a time when, when uh, electronics grew and changed and semiconductors came around. My first year of college, they were teaching vacuum tubes. I am old. <laughs> right, Joel? Did they teach you vacuum tubes? Never heard of them, have you? I've still got a few around the house. So it's, it's been a fun time, and I enjoyed electronics a lot. And I wanted somebody like that, somebody that would just pitch in. Be a team player. That's the aptitude I was hoping for. Let me give you a disclaimer here. People often go to the business world and and derive truths as they understand them and, and parallels to the Christian life. And most of the time I don't agree with that. I think the church is a very unique entity. But sometimes going to the business world and sometimes... Seeing people in that light helps us understand ourselves as we deal with each other. Because the common thing that we have is we're all people, right? I think that point has been made over and over again. Nice job, Grant. Appreciate that. Well, Charles. Anyway. <laughs> so, having said that disclaimer, let's, let's take a look at that from that perspective and see if we can't draw something out of it. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew, the fourth chapter the 18th verse. Matthew, the fourth ta- chapter the 18th verse. Now, we have, a, we have a very distinguished lawyer with us today. And I wonder if I could get him, as we go through this, to maybe comment on the interviewing style that we're about to see, Jim. Let's take a look at this. Matthew 4 and 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his but, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Okay, now what these guys do? What's their area of expertise? Fish. Fishing. We know about fishing. I got a boat. I cast a net in the sea and I pull it back out. Should be fish in there. That's what I do. Boat breaks, I can fix it. And he said to them, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." And they straightway left their nets and followed him. What do you think about that interview technique, Jim? Pretty much like the ones you conduct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They left their nets and followed him. Now, now, you know, you read that, you look at it. Jim knows what I'm talking about. Well, now, guys, do you do do you know anything about do you know anything about following? Do you have any interest in maybe being a part of this thing that? I've got going on here? Is there any chance that you'd be willing to maybe spend three and a half years with me? Is there a chance that you'd be willing to stand up to some of the foremost religious leaders of the day? Are you willing to do that? Can, can, you, can you speak publicly? Is that something that you've got in your, your uh, bag of abilities? Right? Would you be willing to die for me? Isn't that what a typical interview process would look like? And what are these guys thinking? Well, you know, we do have a boat. What are, what are we going to do with that? If we follow you, how long is that going to be for? Is, that, you know, is this something that's just going to last a few days? Are we talking weeks here? You know, uh, as you go on down there and going on, from there, they saw two brothers, James, uh, the sons Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called to them, and they immediately left their ship and their following, and followed him. Oh, wait, now, what about Dad here? He, he can't run the boat by himself. Should, shouldn't, shouldn't we maybe make arrangements for Dad? Yeah, you know, I've just not, i got a lot of questions about this thing. And and by the way, we can't do synagogue on Wednesday nights. I'm sorry, we're you know still cleaning up after fishing, so Wednesday nights are out. What have you got in mind?
1: <laughs>
0: what did they know about Jesus? What did they know? Well, we can go to the to John's account, right? The first chapter. We see in the 40th verse there that one of those two disciples of John the Baptist was was named, right? Andrew. Well, now, he's Peter's brother. So, Peter probably picked up some information about Jesus from Andrew because Andrew was associated with John the Baptist. And we know all about John the Baptist and what he was about, cousin of Jesus and all that. So, Andrew probably had a little insight as to what was going on here. I speculate. I don't know. Now, there's two men mentioned in that passage. The second one is, is never named. But when John writes his gospel... Does he ever call out his name? Doesn't happen very often. Could be that John was the other man that was being discussed there as a disciple of John the Baptist. That's possible. I don't know. But his brother, his brother and he became a part of the band. We go on down there in in, uh, 43. We see Philip gets the very same question. Follow me. Very same interview approach. And Philip brought Nathaniel I love Nathaniel's comment there in 46. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? What's that? Na- what's Nathaniel thinking? He knows something about Jesus anyway, right? He's from Nazareth. Well, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, Nathaniel, are you, you sure this is gonna this this association, this relationship's gonna work for you? And in Matthew and uh, Matthew nine and 9, he himself reports that he was actually sitting at his place of business. He was sitting there at the, at the table that he would do his business, and Jesus walked by, and what did he say? "Come follow me." Well, what about what the Romans want me to do? Don't, don't I have some responsibility? I can't, I can't just drop everything, right? Isn't that that's the way I'd think? Are, are you so different? How long will we be gone? What are we going to be doing? What skills are you looking for, Jesus? Fishing. That's, that's what I do. I'm good at that. I'm not sure what you've got in mind. See, I have this, I have this, this set of abilities. I have these things that I've learned and those are the things that I'm comfortable doing and you're kind of taking me outside my comfort zone. I'm just not sure. It's not what they said. It's not what they said. Three and a half years. What can you get in 1,300 days? What can you get done in 1,300 days? What can you get done in 1,300 days? These men became the very foundation of, our, of the faith. Fishermen, tax collectors, zealots. And this was the interviewing process. Come follow me. Negotiation over. If you want, come follow me. What about somebody besides an apostle? We've got an interview that occurred. A few of them. I'll just pick one. Let's talk about the rich young ruler. You know, we have to go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke and put all that together to find out, find out he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler, right? That, that doesn't occur in all three passages. But if those are the same accounts, then we see that this man had a lot to offer. And he thought so, Right? How'd that conversation go? The young man saith to him, all these, I'm sorry, let me back up there. When he comes and he says, he asked Jesus, what shall I do? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's the question, isn't it? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, keep these commandments. And he lists them, right? Shall I shall lie the Father and the Mother. He goes right on down through the list. Now, what's the rich young leader thinking? What's he thinking? Well, if he's like some of us, if he's like me, I'm going to go down through my list. Here's the things that I've accomplished, Lord, and I want the Lord to go, Nice job, Randy. Keep up the good work, man. Yeah, you can do it. Don't have anything to work on. The young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Did he really want to know? We don't know. What did Jesus know about him? He knew he was young. He knew how he got his wealth. That may have been by trickery. Who knows? He loved it. How did he become a ruler? He may have stepped on people on the way up. People may have died. We don't know. But Jesus knew. He knew his heart. And he gave them he gave the young man this response in twenty one. Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, boy. There's a the big charge. You want to be perfect? What's he mean by that? Complete. If you want to be complete, this wealth that you have is a problem. This position that you have is a problem. You've perceived that you've accomplished this really nice checklist of things that you think need to be done, but you're incomplete. Sell all you have, give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. That was what Jesus wanted him to understand. Come and what? Same answer. Come follow me. No conditions. No discussion of what my skill sets are. Things that I'm capable of. Here's what I have to offer, Lord. It's in this box. Take what you want. You know, Jesus throughout the Gospels uses that very same phrase on 12 separate occasions. Come, follow me. That was the answer that He almost always gave. Come, follow me. What this meeting is about me is about my you know my growth the things that are good for me let me ask you this this afternoon do you have a box do you have a list of things that you think you're good at that you're offering to the lord are there are there, are there accomplishments that you have that 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 are you think are very satisfying in what god would have you to do is 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 your christianity in a box that has limitations on it and here's what i'm willing to do lord Have you ever told somebody else that you're willing to do this but not willing to do that? I suspect that our conversation with Jesus would be similar to those that we've already discussed. When we make our calling and election sure, what's He saying to us? Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. And we turn to the business world again, and we see that there's all kinds of self-help books, you know. How do I know what skills I have? How do I know what I should be developing? You know, what, what, what kind of things should, should I be working on to make my career great? And we sit in a corner and postulate our navel and try to decide who we are and what we're going to do. That's success. What direction should we be looking when we think about our skill sets and, more importantly, what needs to be done? Think about a couple guys in a boat. Got two guys in a boat out in the middle of... We just enjoyed a beautiful time up in in, uh, Wisconsin and Lake Michigan. And boy, you can get out there a long ways and you can't even see land. It's actually a little scary. I was thinking, you know, if I was out there on that water and I was with a buddy and uh, a leak would happen to occur in that boat and there got water coming in and floating around my feet are are these empty cans. Well, that's not a bad situation, is it? And so my buddy looks at me and he says, um, think we're out of bail. Well, you know... Bailing has never been my thing.
1: <laughs>
0: I never get the can just right. And I never get a smooth movement through the water. And then sometimes I hit the edge. I don't get all the water out. You know, it's just its just never been me. Bailing is just not me, you know. But he says, I tell you what, I'm really good at knots. So if you can bail and get us to shore, I'll tie us up. How's that? like a marriage made in heaven, doesn't it? (laughs) How important is the work, brethren? How important is the things that God has called us to do? How important is it? Could it be that my gray hair indicates that I'm taking on water? Recall the parable of the talents. Five, two, one, right? We know that was money, but often we use that to talk about our talents and how we need to develop them. These people were entrusted with the riches of the family. This wasn't just a test for them. This was family money. This was money that was important. And it needed to be grown. It needed to be taken care of properly. And the master that went away knew each one of their abilities. He knew what they were capable of. He didn't give them specific instructions. He just told them, Accomplish this. This is important. And two of them went to work, it says, immediately. They understood. This has got to be done. The master has asked me to do it. The master has told me to do it. Right? Two of them went to work immediately and did exactly what the master instructed them to do. And when he came back, he was pleased. One of them, interestingly enough, thought the master was unreasonable. You know, this really isn't in my skill set, Lord. This is outside of the things I really thought I'd be doing for you. And I knew that you were an unreasonable master. And, you know, what... I just thought it would be best to bury it. I'll just wait for you to come back and you can have what you gave me and we're all good, right? What was the result of that conversation? Cast into outer darkness, I believe, is what the Scripture said there. It's important to look at the family. It's important to look at what the family needs. When you begin to wonder what you should be doing as a Christian, please don't look at yourself and take some inventory of what your abilities are and call it good. I suggest to you that maybe your list might be lacking. What does the body need? As I think about serving... The Lord, and as I think about things that I need to be accomplishing, what, if we're going to look at the body, what does the body need? Well, you know, the public worship service is important. The ability to speak and be able to organize things, lead songs and prayer, but, brethren, that's, that's, that's down on the list. Please, we've gotten into trouble from the, in the past, from, adoring people that had a great ability to speak. That's caused us problems, hasn't it? Some of the greatest servants that I've known, I'd never heard them give a talk. Rarely saw them participate in the public service, and yet loved them for the things that they did. And if we want to talk about the things that I believe, the scriptures tell us that we should be about, we should first be hearing the Master say, follow me. Follow me. Learn how to agape love. If there's a skill that you want to develop, that's a good one. Try the soft answer return the next time that abrasive member comes and talks with you. Or better yet, when they ignore you, what are you going to do? There's a talent to develop. Have you got people that don't talk to you in the congregation? Have you got people that tend to ignore you? I can tell you I've had members come and talk to me about that. That's troubling. They don't understand it. How can that be? Are we not to love one another? I think Grant did a nice job with that. How can that occur in the body of Christ? Drop the grudges. Oh, we have history. Oh, we have things we want to hang on to. Here's a talent. Here's a skill to develop. Forget the past. Let's love one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's, let's strengthen one another. Let's Let's forget the things, the carnal things of this life that interrupts the way the body's supposed to work. We say we mutually edify. Is that true? Is that true? We have folks that stay on the periphery. That's not very edifying to me. Some that decide that I've got this box that I'm willing to stay within and I'm comfortable with that and it includes Sunday morning and anything else you've got to offer, I'm busy. How do you solve that? Well, ignore him. See how that helps.
1: <laughs>
0: Rick's starting to puddle. Melt there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's talk about some practical things. That, that, that's where I want to get to, is, is, is how does this really work? You know, we can talk in theory all you want about development and, you know, all the things that we could do. Let me give you a couple suggestions. How about visiting the shut-in? Is that something you can do? Is that on your skill set list? Just go see a shut-in. I'll tell you what, when you leave, you'll feel better than when you came there. And that's pretty easy to do. That is an excellent skill. What about dropping a dish by somebody that's sick? You know, they've just had a baby. Some of you are very good at this stuff and the rest of us need to be observing and participating, not pointing and saying, oh, that was nice. That's a good thing to do. You know, on behalf of the church, we appreciate you taking that dish to Sister So-and-So. Why didn't you take the dish? How about giving somebody a ride to services or to the grocery store? we got senior citizens in our midst. Ever thought about calling them and offer to come by and clean their house? You know, it's hard for those people to... Operate a vacuum. I, I've got customers that I see all the time. The vacuum's dangerous for them to operate. I have to wear that little pendant thing when they, you know, go too far and you're down <laughs> and I can't get up. Somebody with a sick husband, go sit with him and talk with him so that she can go out and get some groceries and take care of things that she needs to take care of. You know, we all need a Walmart fix every once in a while give her a Walmart fix. Got an old dusty coat. And you know the family can't afford one. Why not dust it off and take it to the dry cleaner and then give it to them? Are these things hard? No. Why aren't they on our list? In some cases, they are. How about just reading the Bible to somebody? Go to a nursing home. Some of those people would love to read. Laura, you know, works over here at St. Luke's East, and and uh, she says some of those people are just lonely. Another talent that I'd like to see more is bringing a friendly smile. People walk into the assembly, had a bad day. Don't talk to me my arthritis is really causing me trouble or whatever it is, right? Why can't we decide to edify one another by bringing a friendly smile? Encourage one another. I'm encouraged by you being here. Thank you for coming. Doesn't that make you feel better? I might even come next time.
1: I hope so. Lord bless you.
0: You know, Sister Camp, I I loved her. She was one of my favorite people. If you didn't know her, you missed out. Because she couldn't come to services, and she'd always tell me when I go by, you know, Randy, really the most thing I can do is pray for the congregation. <laughs> Boy, that's amazing. That's more than most of us do, right? To pray for the congregation. Have you ever taken out the membership list and worked your way down through it? How about and I don't want you to do this with me I, I get you know, but you know when Rick does a decent job, shake his hand, tell him thanks, appreciate your work. you know it's, it's not this the stuff that gets into the head doesn't just automatically by osmosis slide in there you know it's it's it, it's not sparks genetics there's 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 work involved in all of that. Tell him you appreciate him and, and when the next time. Charles comes to town. Now, Charles doesn't normally carry a white glove and check your house out, right? Sue's got him beyond that. Yeah. But invite him to the home. These people are serving the master and we're to help them. Writing the check is not where it stops. Encourage these, these families. We can do that. Oh, my house is always a wreck. I just can't have anybody come into my house. I just can't take that. When was the last time you complained, Charles?
1: I've been, I've
0: been, okay, all right.
1: <laughs> See, he's perfect. <laughs> what is
0: it with having people in your home? I don't understand that. And you know, this is, this is really an oddity with the world. Wait, now you're, you're having a meeting? And people are gonna stay in your extra bed. Do you know these people? Do, do you lock things up? You people are weird. Thank you. We we like we like that. What about just cleaning the church building or mowing the lawn or preparing communion? It's a long list, brother. Don't get locked up in these these high. What we think is high skill, high ability, I gotta learn to do this to be some kind of affected Christian. Follow Jesus. Don't limit yourself. Cause He doesn't. He knows what He gave you. He knows what abilities are out there. Love. Love. Love your brothers and sisters. Leave all the baggage out of it. It's just a problem. How about writing a card of encouragement? Begin a basic Bible study. Teens, here's an idea. Florence Peasley was one of my favorite people. And when I was a teen over at Gregory, remember? She, she'd invite us over for, for banana splits. That, that made a huge impression on me. I don't remember much of my childhood. I don't know. I didn't do drugs, but I just don't remember.
1: <laughs> but Florence
0: Peasley, I remember. I love that lady. Because she invited me over for ice cream. Me and six or seven of my friends. That was easy. She had a ball. And Clarence was a lot of fun. And teens, when you go visit elderly people, do them a favor. Turn the phone off. Don't sit there and text and all that stuff. But do go visit. Do go visit. Follow me. Follow me. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Present your body as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable God, which is what? You're reasonable. That's reasonable. If you just give your body, that's that's kind of reasonable. Is it true that we sing the song, All to Jesus I Surrender? Is that right? Is that something that is in our repertoire? All to Jesus, I surrender all the things I want to give. I think that's the way that goes, isn't it? (laughs) All the things I want to give. Present your body a living sacrifice. Brethren, there's so many little things that can make such huge differences. Let's not spend a lot of time worrying about what's within us and the abilities that we have. Let's go ahead and execute the simple things, the things that we can do, and let's set aside the petty differences and the personalities and all the emotions and feelings, that's, that's not what Jesus prayed for. That we might be one with Him. What, what a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful potential relationship there, isn't it? That we can enjoy here in preparation for being there. Do you believe Jesus is going to return? It's been a long time he may not come do you believe it are you sure i can assure you that the gray hair on my head reminds me that james is exactly right it's a vapor and today is not only the day of salvation but today is the day to decide to follow him and remove all the exceptions remove all the excuses remove all those things that inhibit us from loving one another as we should in the agape way. If you've not started that journey, you are damned to hell. I could soft sod it, but that's, that's what the Bible says. You may be a nice person. You may be wealthy. You may be a ruler. And you may have accomplished some really nice things like keeping some of the Ten Commandments. Wow, nice job. If you do not follow His commandments, there is no, 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 no hope. And that's a sad thing. Eternity is a very long time. Please consider your state as we stand and sing. What's our song? Number
1: 98.
0: Number 98 in the Red hemlock. 98. Please count